You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined now by Greg Miller. Scoop. Steve Butts. Beyond. Brian Altano. Bruh. And we're at the end of a long day, day zero of E3 2013. Oh, don't put it like that. And press conferences <laughs> from Microsoft, Electronic Arts, Ubisoft, and Sony. Microsoft and Sony are the big ones. Microsoft started off strong. Yeah. Really I thought strong. they had a very impressive conference. They finally showed us a lot of games, yep. exciting games, big exclusives. We're feeling really good about Microsoft and Xbox One. And then... Sony came up with their conference and said, we play used games, you can sell your games, lend your games, and we're only $400, and there's no online requirement. Thank you. See you. Bye. <laughs> Go home, everyone. So the question is, who wins today? Well, I think we felt good about Microsoft because they didn't say any of the things they said last time that got us so upset, right? <laughs> this time it was just about games, and they thought, let's put the unpleasantness behind us now. Let's focus on the games. Let's show people Halo. Let's show people Minecraft. Project Spark, like a cool little indie Very game. Cool. I was yeah. really yeah. happy to see something like that. Uh, and they completely avoided the issue of the services, which is the big question hanging over this whole presentation. Right. What are you going to do? Is it always online? Can I give my game to Brian when I'm done with it? No. <laughs> you can't give me anything. That's awful. No, it's awful. And, you know, they came out and they said, well, uh, here's a lot of stuff to distract you from the fact that the last time we were here, we totally screwed up. Right. And Sony was like, we watched that too. And, uh, <laughs> Everything we're doing is in direct response. Like this was this was Biggie and Tupac. This is Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik. You know, this was yeah. every classic brawl ever. Like every movie monster versus the young. It's like it was fantastic. I've never seen a press conference like this where they came out and they just punched Microsoft in the in the nuts. They were they were allowed to be so specific yeah. to the points that Microsoft had made that yeah. so angered yeah. gamers. Yeah. 
Greg, earlier today you gave the Microsoft conference a nine. I did. Yeah, I did. I gave it a nine on the IGN scale. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I stand by it. The Microsoft conference. It was I'm a really still, good conference. I'm yeah. still totally. Oh yeah, those games are awesome. I'm mm -hmm. totally excited. I still want to see so much more of Dead Rising Three. Right. It sucks if for a PlayStation gamer that that's just exclusive there. Yeah. But for somebody as rich to afford this kind of vest, I'll buy more. It's got pants. There, <laughs> it does have pants. I don't show those often. But Microsoft had a great one with Metal Gear. I, I still think Rise looks. Cool. Yeah. Rise looks cool. They started off with, you know, saying that there was going to be these 13 next-gen Xbox-only games. They talked about that here's a new 360, and if you, we're going to give away free games with Xbox Gold, and they seem like they were on. They, and I keep saying, it, you look back now, and it's like Microsoft screwed up, but they didn't screw up. Right. They it, did really well. They it just didn't say the things, the, the three things that Sony said. Right. Yep. Exactly. And, and like that is. When you look at Sony's conference, we talked about this the night before or whatever, when, when it happened live, right, that we had a conversation when we were watching the conference and it had gone about an hour. And Damon and I were like, this has been a solid conference, but it just right. hasn't been amazing. And I'm like, I'm waiting for the knockout. I'm waiting for Uncharted 4. I'm waiting for God of War. And then they came out, and the knockout was everything you don't like about Microsoft, we're not going to do. Uh, it's cheaper. Right. And then they didn't need the games. They, didn't, they ended with, you know, the... Destiny video, which was cool. It looks like it'll be a cool game. I don't, I don't know if it really knocked people's socks off, but they didn't need to. The socks were already knocked off. Already I was floored. <laughs> I was already floored at this point. I mean, the, it's, they, it undercut their biggest competitor by $100. $100 is a million dollars to a high school kid. Yeah, yeah right, it, right. it is all the money in the world. That's, yeah, to, you right. know, a game and a half or you know, a bunch of downloadable games. It's a ton of money. That's all you they already pre-ordered your PS4. And, uh, the second it happened, I picked up my phone and I pre-ordered my PS4. As soon as Brian told me I could, I did as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, the games are going to be $250. Yeah. You know <laughs> <laughs> they haven't told you the whole story yet. Uh, but I mean, no. there was bad news, right? The fact that I know a lot of people have a problem with if you're going to play a PlayStation 4 game online, online multiplayer, you, gotta you pay. now have to pay. You got to pay. You can still play it. You to PlayStation Plus, right? Correct. That's, which is a good deal anyway. Exactly. But, yes. I know, but it's hard to wrap, for some people it's going to be hard to wrap their mind around that $50 gets me 17 free video games and the ability to play online. But compare that to the Xbox yeah. memberships that are required to have your console be online, which you need to do to play games at yeah. all. Yeah, right? you want to start including that cost, right? You're thinking Xbox One then legitimately costs, what, about five? Five, four fifty. Mm -hmm. It's about that. No, hold on. Carry the one. Xbox One would be five fifty. Work on that while it's I not, talk it's about not the math game. scoop. I feel like Sony won on the games too, though, right? I mean, not only did we have Walking Dead and Kingdom Hearts and Final yeah. Fantasy, but they had a tremendous indie showing as indie, well, indie, right? Indies were awesome. See, and I, like all four conferences we saw today, it was a lot of guys shooting a lot of other guys. And like, right. I'm not against violence. I'm not against guns as sort of gameplay mechanics, but. It's not an alternative anymore. Like, I've seen that a thousand times. Yeah. Give me the games that offer something different. And I felt, I felt Sony brought that as well for me. The, the indie lineup that Sony showed off was very impressive. Yeah, right? it was really cool. Yeah. I was, you know, we had a checklist of saying, these are all the things Sony needs to do right now to mm -hmm. knock out Microsoft. And they did all of them. And the one thing I really think they should have been like, well, we're done. Also, Uncharted 4 logo. Right. Peace. That's right. The one thing and then just rolled off stage and that right. was it. And they don't just even light put, their guitar on fire. And don't even play the music. Don't, yeah. yeah, no Nathan Drake. Just Uncharted with right. a number four next to it and you're set. Just walk away. You don't, you don't have to make it for three years. We don't care. Yeah. Just throw it up there. What about Mad Max? That didn't do it for you? No, that was, that was <laughs> a big surprise yeah. to me. I didn't know about uh, that one either. I mean, I love Mad Max, but how, many, how, many of our, how much of our audience even knows who Mad Max is? I'm right? not sure it's a very po a popular franchise. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, from the gamer's perspective, I thought the order looked cool. I'm interested in knowing yeah. more about the order 1886 Absolutely. from Radiant Dawn. Those are the guys who did the God of Wars on PSP, critically acclaimed games. Yeah, it was a little Dishonored. It was a little Jack the Ripper. It was yeah. a little Supernatural. It was all these cool things yeah. that I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Monsters yeah what was the takeaway from that? It's a, when, when does that game take place? And it's what, like Time 1886. Top. It takes place like, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, sorry. The, <laughs> when they announced that a PlayStation <laughs> blog post went up, and it's basically alternate history, Victorian London. Right. This is what's happening with a little steampunk. Yeah, it was very steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. They just had yeah. modern weapons. And then, of course, how can we forget 60s Batman skin exclusive <laughs> to the place? He had like the underwear was like slightly wrinkly on the yeah, edges. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm I totally into that. that um, then there was Beyond Two Souls, which I still don't know. They didn't say, what, they didn't mention her ghost friend. I know, I know. That's What's what, happening with I that? I tweeted, game? remember when this yeah. game was about ghosts. It well, was, that's uh, weird, right? Like every time yeah. we see that game, it seems like the story is completely, it's completely changed. Different. Yeah. And it's, I have no idea how it all fits together. I think sometimes, like, they listen to our rewind theaters and think <laughs> everybody gets it like that. Won't <laughs> right. we spend 45 minutes telling you, oh, well, it looks like she's getting it, she's taking her ghost ability to this. And then you look right. at this, like, a normal person's watching this, like, what? What? <laughs> like, what is she doing? Yeah, yeah, you guys saw Beyond Two Souls at, at uh, pre-E3, Judges Week, and right. it seemed like the feeling coming out of it was you were a little lukewarm on it. Uh, well, it was cool, but it didn't seem to relate to the game we had seen. It was right. like a totally different character, totally different context, totally different tone, and it was fun, but I didn't get how this was part of the experience that we had seen in previous demos and trailers. Mm. That said, you know, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll tie it together nicely, sure. but I, I got to go on faith for that for now. Yeah. So, Steve, you think Sony won on games and policies. I absolutely think they did. 100%. I would say I'd say they won on policies. I, I prefer the Microsoft's game lineups. What, what do you guys think? I, I agree with that too. You know, if you're coming away with a final takeaway, a final thought for me at least, it's the fact that I think for E3 and what E3 is, is designed to be, PlayStation won it. I think Microsoft had better games. I was more excited about their game lineup, but only because I already knew they, you know, they came out and showed like updated versions for PlayStation sure. games, right? Sure. And I was like, that's awesome. And then what I got excited about the PlayStation was the price and then you know standing up for gamers like we've talked about and doing all these different things. That's this is two this, this is the time more than ever where you need to win on policy because you know a few years ago Sony announced the PS3 and they said it's 599 US dollars and people said no and had they said yes game consoles would forever be 600 plus dollars but they weren't and we changed that right and we spoke with our wallets and this time around Sony said we're not going to do the used game thing we're not going to rip people off and they stopped that dead in its track and if you're doing that you're an ass right. and you're ripping people off and that's the that's that's the tone they set and that's more important than any game in the world the games will come later but if the platform doesn't rip you off out the box it's a good place to start well we talk a lot about games transitioning from products to services right yeah. and so the service component is incredibly important yeah. and i think will be even more for this generation whether it's a sustainable business model whether like sony can make a lot of money with this policy that remains to be seen history could be repeating itself coming into this generation sony was dominating with the playstation 2 yep. They seemed to get a little arrogant. They thought everyone would pay $600 to get a second job to get the PS3. They were wrong. Microsoft ended up dominating yep. this generation. So I don't know, maybe that's it's about... The, it's the curse of the third console. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is a really fun first day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Did I just say I like wrinkly underwear? It's yeah. A, okay. I got some to show you after Own this. Own it. Interesting, okay. Own it. Uh, we have lots more to come all week here uh, on IGN. Live streams happening every day, and we'll be doing daily game scoops. So stay tuned for lots, lots more to come from E3 2013 right here at IGN Game Scoop. Scoop!
What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop, the special E3 2013 edition of Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and with me today is Greg Miller, Scoop, Justin Davis, Beyond, and Brian Altano. And it is day one of E3. We're just about to put a pin. I don't know what that means. <laughs> we're done. Close the lid. We're gonna we're close gonna, the lid on day one. Close the bucket in the yeah. shallow grave. Close the bucket of pins. Yeah. <laughs> um, nope. So I want to know the coolest things <laughs> you guys saw today. Are you be okay? I'm okay. The coolest things you guys saw today at E3. You're gonna tell me and them what they were. There's only one rule. They have to be from today, not yesterday. Forget what. Forget yesterday. Get over We're the past, over it guys. Already. Are you guys ready? We're gonna go down yep. the line one at a time. Okay. Greg, why don't you start us off? It might be a bit predictable, but I'm gonna say Infamous Second Son. Clearly, I'm I love, shocked. I know. I know. See, but hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I, you know, I love Infamous. I loved Infamous One. I loved Infamous Two. Uh, this time we get a new hero in Delson Rowe. I, I was expecting it to be good. I was expecting to like it. But I've been saying since February, this isn't really a system a system seller for most people. You don't jump in, and see this, and go, Oh my gosh! But when I finally went behind closed doors, sat down, and watched the demo, I couldn't get over how good it looked. Like it, from little things like his jacket, breezy in the air, little jean, little breezy jean, in the air, little breezy jeans. Breezy jacket. engine. It runs on the breezy engine, so. <laughs> expected. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was, it, it looked really good there, but then, you know, the animations of turning into smoke and shooting up chimneys and jumping out, and the fact that Delson enjoys what he's doing, you know, they went, I really see this game as Sucker Punch maturing as a developer. The Infamous 1 and 2 relied on uh, comic book cutscenes, and that didn't seem odd at the time, but now that they've brought on Troy Baker, and they've put the camera in his face, and they've mapped them, and done all the mocap, mo it really all of a sudden feels like a cinematic experience. It's, it like it's scary how much it looks like him. Yeah. Like, now that, you know, we've, we've worked with him a few times now, and it, it, it's Troy. Yeah, And it's totally. kind of distracting to me. Well, and that's what's interesting, too, you know, on the live show today, he came by with his best friend, Travis, and they are working in the game together as brothers. Troy is the second son. Got it. See what ah. happened there? I'm still saying there's something tied together with the first sons from the original Infamous, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't so, you feel like it's a, it's a next-gen experience? Totally. It was, yeah, it, you know, I was like, oh, is it just going to be another Infamous? And, but it feels different. It looks different. It's definitely the developer maturing, which is really exciting. Justin, the coolest thing you saw today. Yes, I was very impressed with Batman Arkham Origins. Um, you know, we were a little worried because it's not Rocksteady. Right. It's being done by WB Montreal. It's like, is this like the B team being put on like one more? It's current gen, it's not next gen. A lot of things that maybe the hype level is a little bit low for this game, but the demo is awesome. The it's game's... what you'd expect, right? Yeah, like this is a thing. Our headline on the IGN story is uh, uh, Arkham Origins is more of the same and that's okay. And I think it was smart because I feel like the temptation for them to do... Like, to take Batman and be like, we got to give him this new stuff and this new, like, really... We're going to make the game our own. Yeah. And it's not. Like, Batman's moveset is the same because they absolutely nailed it in, in Arkham Origin. Right. Um, it's perfect. Batman's moveset is perfect. And so instead what they do is they throw different obstacles and enemies at you. There's a cool enemy, the martial artist, that now can counter Batman instead of Batman being the guy that does all the counters. Right. Um, there's, you know, other new enemy types. I really, really like that it's Christmas-themed. I think that's sort of a clever sort of twist on Gotham. Um... I don't know. I went into that game with like pretty low expectations, and I was very impressed with Did it. Did they talk to you about how he levels up and how they tweak that a bit? 
Um, I didn't get to see it. They did talk about it. So right. it's a skill tree now instead of just sort of being you get every skill. And so the idea is that not everybody's Batman at the end of the game will have all the same abilities and skills. One of the things I thought cool during the demo on the live show is it was popping up and it was saying, oh, you took on you know a grade A group of enemies. And I was like, yeah. what is that? And he's saying that they, got they, want, you, system they want you to roam the open world and find things that are really threatening, that are going to give you a challenge. And if you beat them, you get more XP and then you can go build a better Batman. Yeah, there is new. So it's like, you know, Batman himself is the same but the stuff they did add is you know pretty clever and I think it's you know good additions to the formula where yeah every pack of enemies is like you know a high threat level medium threat level low threat level based on so wait, what's, what's a low threat level like five friends leaving a movie no it's those you goons you down and the beat the crap games. out of them yeah exactly yeah, but I mean it's not illegal to leave them some of them you can just let them <laughs> it's I not I think we left <laughs> the crime part out of that <laughs> yeah, I think he's a myth <laughs> actually like bad things happen when his parents left the movie so who knows <laughs> Brian what was the coolest thing you saw today Um, it had to be smashed Brothers, like yeah. yeah, I mean it's that was it was pretty it, good unveiling. So so Nintendo is like they're quiet and they're weird and they're reserved and they don't let their characters do too much or have much fun. It's just like here's Mario Kart. Now you can drive sideways and here's Link. You can turn into a picture. Luigi but, fell asleep and yeah, oh he had a dream. Oh. <laughs> please please keep buying our games. But Smash Brothers is when every couple years they get to go. You know what? What the hell? Throw it all together, make it ridiculous. Yeah, put in the boy from Animal Crossing. He'll hit a guy with a shovel. Hey, Mega Man. Oh, you know what? Let's get the yoga chick from We Fit. She's going to just, you know, uh, sunset kick someone in the face. <laughs> like, sure, why not? And they throw them all together, and you're fighting on top of the the level from, like, the ship from Star Fox, and somebody throws in the, a wrench from Donkey Kong or something. And it's like, this is awesome. I wish they would, like, they would take that and just have that much creativity and fun with everything else they do. Yeah. I'm glad they do it there. I want to see them do that kind of stuff everywhere else because it's just so much fun. Just the reveals of being like, holy shit, there's a new challenger. It's Mega Man. He's doing all his moves from Mega Man 2 and it's... I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Damon, what did you see that you enjoyed? Uh, the thing I was, I was most pleased with today that I saw and touched, maybe a little oh. bit surprising, the PlayStation 4 controller. Oh, oh yeah, that is surprising. I've been vocal about how I think the Xbox 360 controller is close to perfect. It's pretty perfect. And I was never really crazy about the PS3, the DualShock 3. Right. It just felt very light. I felt like I could snap it in half. Yeah. Sticks are... Shoulder, bu shoulder buttons. Are, what's the word for it? They're rounded. Convex. They're convex, not concave. Yep. Right. Um, yeah, they didn't have the triggers. Um, like, you know. So they fixed a lot of that, and it feels really good. Yeah. Now that the um, it feels weightier, mm. the sticks there are now concave. Yeah. Uh, they You're feel really good. Really, they feel really good. <laughs> the triggers are more like triggers. Yeah. Um, I think the share button is in a really nice little spot there. Right. I agree with that too. Yeah. It was interesting good. when I was doing the Killzone demo today, and I was talking to them. You know, they're the. Sony's first-person shooter, right? And I was like, blah, blah, blah. And so you're moving the shooting and aiming to the, the real shoulder buttons. He's yeah. like, yep. It's like, yeah, okay, right. well, there you go. That's like that's everyone, great. that's all you need to know about the it. The sticks are still a little close together, but they, they, they addressed so many of the issues that I, I'm, I was very happy with that. Gotcha. Good. Good to see. Your second thing. And number two, Titanfall. Titanfall. We, we respawn. Yeah, respawns first person shooter. Long time coming. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long journey to get this game out. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not a big first person shooter fan. Nope. They need to really try nope. to hook me with something. And first off, the game is stunning. Like I, I yesterday during conferences when we were taking notes, it really didn't. I don't know what I got distracted by. Probably something shiny over there. But watching meatball it, over there. Yeah, probably a meatball somewhere uh, at Game Zero. Um, yeah, it's really, really pretty. And then the idea of getting down and getting into these titans and trying to 
play off of, you know, there's reasons you don't want to be in the Titan, and the reasons are you want to be in the Titan. Those are the giant mech suits. Sure. Really cool HUD. I, I always want to be in the in the Titan. Well, see, yeah. like that, this, it, ah, it reminded see. me, it reminded me of Warhawk. And when in Warhawk, I never wanted to be in the plane, the Warhawks themselves. I always wanted to run around on the ground and be that ground support guy. And since it's all multiplayer all the time, like I want to jump in and do that and play with other people. And it seems like it'll be really cool. Justin, pick number two. Yes. I was very impressed with Deus Ex The Fall, which is the iPad game. The much maligned, everyone was very upset and disappointed. Oh, we have this, oh, we have this. man, yeah. games are coming to the iPad. Why are they so mad about that? That's great. <laughs> well, I mean, they're mad for a justifiable reason because Square Enix said, hey, we got a, we got a Deus Ex announcement. And people's imaginations go oh. wild. They didn't say, you need to say upfront that this is a mobile product. So here's what I liked about this. Um, I had so many like questions, questions, questions. questions. You're From the makers of questions comes <laughs> questions, <laughs> super questions. Very skeptical. So skeptical like, questions. Is it going to be some weird top-down thing? Nope. It's full-on 3D, first-person. You know, are the environments going to be terrible? Nope. It's absolutely gorgeous. Very interactive. Everything's got branching pads. You can do the same. You know, super strength to move boxes out of the way. Is it going to be voice acted? Is the mu music going to be good? Same composer. All the same voice actors. Uh -huh. Any returning characters are the same voice actors. You know, is the world going to feel interactive and alive like it totally does? There's emails that you can hack into and read people's personal emails just like the original game. Like, they went down my list of, like, I had, like, eight things where I'm like, but what about this? Can you still upgrade your character? Yep, all the same augments. Like, the game totally won me over over the course of that demo. Damon Hatfield, I am going to let you know it still has virtual buttons. That's kind of just, I just have a rule. I just don't like using virtual buttons on my iPad games, like, at all. Sure. Ever. I feel like it yeah. controls well. You have a couple different options. You can, like, double tap to move, double tap on a wall to go into cover on that wall. So they do some sort of smart touchscreen stuff. So that stuff, like, some, like, Dame, people like Damon are still not going to be won over. But, yeah, I mean, that game was super great. That's good to hear. Brian? So this isn't a game, and it's not even a cool thing. But um, the other day, as <laughs> what's the second coolest thing you saw? <laughs> but uh, the other day, as I was walking through um, the convention center today, yeah, was it the other day or today? Well, so the other, the, other saw, day. I, the other day I All saw right. them setting this up, and it was the Dead Rising Three booth. And in the corner of it, they had this like just this crappy corner store that they covered in dirt and debris and garbage. They put a fence around it, and they put these really badly placed like fake zombie parts like if somebody got like I killed Greg and he turned into a zombie and then he died and somebody else ate him and they just left his leg across <laughs> the top of an oil drum like that would never happen and I'm like this is really dumb how could this possibly get stupider I walk through today and there's real people dressed as zombies and they're like Ugh, and they're walking behind the wall That's and what the, people are taking pictures of them and they're not allowed to go anywhere but every now and then because they're humans they have to go <laughs> take a crap or use, you know, whatever. And they're connected to these I'm ropes. Sure the audience is having you address them for that part. Yeah. You know, take a crap or whatever. You know what it's like to poop. <laughs> so they're on these ropes, and all of a sudden they're just like, what are you uh, on the rope? I'm having a hard time great. picturing this. So they're, they're walking are they, around. Are they, are they suspended in air? No, no, no. no they're, they're on the like, ground. Like, like, yeah, like, they're like on a leash. Yeah. But why? You know when you're playing like a zombie game and you walk You don't want to break the fourth wall, Damon. Exactly. So when you're, when you're playing a zombie game and there's a fence and, and there's a bunch of zombies like, Ugh, and you're like, oh, they'll never get me. They did that in real life with real people who have families and friends. <laughs> and they tie them to these ropes. So every now and then they're like, Ugh, <laughs> Right, we're uh, in L.A. Oh, they're, my God, yeah, happy, I got to take a shot. They're just happy to be working. Yeah, that's happy to be working. This is the booth with the chain link fence, right? Yes. I saw, I walked by that today, and there was a woman dressed there in the zombie makeup, and she was just texting on her <laughs> iPhone. Oh no! How does that wanted, work? She's breaking character. I wanted to vine it well, so maybe, bad. Maybe she hadn't like the virus hadn't completely taken over yet. Like she's saying her goodbyes. 
this is the thing. So I saw her texting, and my immediate thought was, "That's really unprofessional. Like you're breaking." But then, <laughs> but then my second thought was, "This is a human being, and like, what if like she could be in an emergency? Like her I don't kid, know what the situation is." Her kid's in the is. hospital. Yeah, exactly. She knew what she signed up for. Okay. The, the she last got a pick. job. She signed up. The last for. pick. <laughs> no. You just melt. Uh, I got to see Thief today. Ah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and Thief looked very cool. Thief could be the Dishonored of 2014. Oh. Thief looks so good. Looks really, really good. I uh, love, love, love that Eidos is bringing back these classic franchises like Thief and Deus Ex. And I know some people are upset about like how they're being updated, but like I feel like they're staying true to their roots, but they're still like updating them to be more you know playable and accessible than modern times. Yeah. Awesome stuff. No, I, I like stealth games in general, but I missed out on the previous... Uh, Thief games because they're PC and I just wasn't doing PC gaming. Uh, so yeah, it's like a hardcore stealth game. First person, like in Dishonored. Uh, several different difficulty levels, so if you want to be hardcore and old school and just like approach a level with no like objective meters, with no idea where you want to go, you know what you have to do, but you know, just sort of explore, yeah. wander around, figure out your own path to, you know, you usually have to steal something, steal something from the bad guy. You're like a Robin Hood sort of thief, a good kind of thief. You know? Yeah. So you give it to the poor? No, you just keep it for yourself. That's <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood. So you're just a thief. If Robin Hood was just no, but you steal from the rich though. Oh. If you just if if Robin Hood's story was here's a guy that he stole from the rich. The end. Is, yeah, so wait, is let me Steve ask you poor? Right. No, this is my he question. From everybody. What are you gonna steal from a poor person? They don't have anything, David. You don't steal from the poor. Wait, I know you, that's what you, I'm saying. If you're not poor and all you do is steal from the rich, that means you're rich. Thank you for tuning in for this. Very special edition of GameScoop E3 2013. The show's not over yet. The show's only half over. We have two more full days. You guys gonna say anything here? Or just Sly Cooper's a raccoon. <laughs> he is a thief, but he stole from other criminals. There are two more days of E3. That, that means we have time. two more days of full coverage coming your way, and two more GameScoops. <gasps> so stay tuned. Lots more is on the way. I love everybody on the stage and everybody that's watching this show right now. Yeah. Thank you. E3. So many questions. <laughs> Sly Cooper uses a cane. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IGN GameScoop, a very special E3 2013 edition of GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined now by Colin Moriarty, Keza McDonald, Hello. and Sam Claiborne. Scoop? Yes. Scoop! And we're going to talk about Nintendo now. Nintendo's conference this year was obviously very different from Sony and Microsoft, two companies that are introducing new consoles this year. Nintendo is not introducing a new console. They got that out of the way. They did that last <laughs> talk year. Talk about games now. Yeah, exactly. Keza, you thought um, it would have been ridiculous yeah. Those are your words to use for Nintendo to have a conference and try to stand up next to Sony and Microsoft this year. I think it would have looked just ridiculous. It would have looked sad, you know. For uh, I think think that Nintendo's the the decision to forego a press conference this year was an admission, like you know, and, and not like a you know a quiet admission, like a completely straightforward admission, like we're we're not in this fight, like we can't compete on this level. Mm -hmm. But then the, the other side of that of that um, admission is that they they're not they're just not interested in competing on that level anymore. And I think that's been obvious for ever since the Wii U launched actually. But I, um, so even since it was announced that they're just not they're not really there on in the same space as Sony as Microsoft is. So they've taken a completely different unconventional approach to E3. Sure. Not interested in, in competing, but interested in selling consoles, right? One would hope. One but would which hope. Which they're not really doing right now. So did their approach, do you think their approach this year will 
help them sell consoles? I, I think so. I, you know, what they do have is a giant booth filled with amazing mm. games. Their booth and they awesome. have And they have a crazy good booth. There's like, you can sit in a Mario Kart, you can uh, sit in a Donkey Kong barrel. Like, every single game has this crazy big installation. Like, I, I don't even see other booths that are even competing on that level. And usually Nintendo's a little subdued booth-wise. And, and I gotta add, like, they, they did have an a conference that was pre-recorded, essentially, and then had a real conference, which you and I went to. Yeah. We didn't even know it was, was like, going to happen. It was but like a double-pronged thing. Yeah, they, tr they trotted out Shigeru Miyamoto and EJ Anuma and, and very famous Nintendo people, and then they said, these are the developers of our upcoming games. Talk to them and play the games with them. And we all just followed Shigeru Miyamoto to Pikmin, and he just talked about Pikmin yeah, with us. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely fan service. It just wasn't, yeah. It, it, it wasn't broadcasted. Yeah, so you talk about fan service. I think their direct conference was the type of presentation you should have if you have your install base already, you know? These are the games you want, but they don't have that install base yet, so yeah. I didn't see the game that's going to convince people to go out there and buy a Wii U. Not in 2013. Well, I think Smash yeah. Brothers is that game. But that's 2014. Yeah, it's like a year out. Yeah. Of course. At it's that time, we'll like... And if not that, then I will say I, I, would, I didn't think this would be the case, but Mario Kart might sell some systems. 2014 um, also. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, I'm adding... <laughs> they still have games, I'm saying. And that game looks really, really, really good. Like, it's just beautiful. Oh, yeah. The sure. graphics are awesome, and it just looks like a great Mario Kart. Much better than Mario Kart... Uh, what was the last one? Wii? Wii 7, I guess. On no, DS. it was 7 and DS was good, though. But mm. Mario Kart Wii was not so good. And Colin, you've been spending time with PlayStation 4? Yeah, this week. I've been basically only at Sony's yeah. booth so far. So I haven't played any of the Nintendo stuff on the floor yet. I hope to do that. But I just wonder, like, you know, they, the next generation starts this fall. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to figure out where Nintendo fits in. They, I think they, it's, they, not, it's just not there. It's not there for the next generation. But that's not a bad thing. I think that's, that's really crucial to, to emphasize is that Nintendo not being, you know, uh, positioning itself, you know, up there with Sony Nintendo, that's not a bad thing because um, I think that the kind of, I think it's going to be a second console for a lot of gamers the Wii U. It, it is, but it, it is a bad thing in my like in my opinion, just because you you have to fight. You know what I mean? Like they are admitting that they can't compete with Sony and Microsoft, and so they won't. And that, I think this looks weak. I mean, the games just seem derivative. It's clear that they're having problems developing for an HD console, which is a problem that Microsoft and Sony had and conquered seven, eight years ago. And they're just behind, you know, behind the uh, the eight ball. And I just, I don't understand this argument that Smash Brothers or Mario Kart or these kinds of games are going to sell this console because they didn't sell GameCubes and they didn't sell N64s. They, you know, we was quite a lot of GameCubes and N64s. Well, I think they're GameCube the only thing that sold GameCube. GameCube sold what twenty four million units. N64s right, right. around thirty million units. But, I mean, but are, that yeah. was the game that, that was, sold. And that was also ten That's years ago. Which sure. is, there was a much much lower. I mean, you can't really. Yeah, I mean, the, the GameCube was a distant third place, right? But that was a very profitable console for Nintendo. Sure, and it's, it, I guess what I'm saying is the, it's the way you look at it. If you're looking at the Wii U as this thing where you buy it for four, literally four or five games over a five-year period, yeah. then you're going to be probably happy with it. But without third-party support, um, this company that we grew up with and loved and, and how much I loved my NES and SNES and even N64, and I love the GameCube, it's just that's not the same company anymore. And, and you know, I, I don't want to play another Mario Kart game. I don't want to play another... Zelda game even. I want something like new and different. I'm not saying the other companies aren't doing something that's the same. I mean, we're getting another Killzone, we're getting another mm. Infamous, we're getting another Dead Rising, but there is new stuff there. The Order 1886 is like a bold new IP on, 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 like on a, a next-gen console. Uh, Rise is a new, a new IP. Mm -hmm. Sunset Overdrive is a new IP. Like, where are their new ideas? The old ideas that we were promised on Wii U, like Pikmin, you know, Pikmin 3, is still not out. You know, like when, when your big game in the fall is Wind Waker, which came mm -hmm. to GameCube in 2003, there's a problem, and, and people can admit it or they, they can't, but Nintendo is in trouble. The Wii U is in trouble. Like, and, and if they want to make money on this console, 
Um, they're going to need to have some new ideas. They're going to need to have third-party support. I think Nintendo's always had new ideas. It just hides them within established franchises. Like Mario Galaxy is one of the most extraordinarily innovative games ever made. Sure. It's it's just it's got this freewheeling creativity. It's it's amazing. A lot of Wii games didn't get as much credit as they perhaps deserved for trying new stuff. Like I mean, you know, motion control in in Zelda Skyward Sword was that was that existed in no other game except kind of Red Steel. Like it tried a lot of new stuff. It just tries new stuff within an established template that keeps it maybe looking safer than the games actually are. And I think the Wii U has that problem in that it looks a lot safer than it actually is. There's really interesting stuff going on within those games. And uh, even even within Mario 3D World, mm -hmm. which I think it's fair to say is very fun. like 3D land, yeah. there's still quite a lot of new stuff going on in there. That's I mean, it's returned to four player. Let, um, let, me, let me blow your mind here. I think uh, Nintendo played it really safe and also did crazy stuff with uh, uh, the games that sold their last two systems. And one of them was Brain Age, which the DS did not exist until Brain Age started selling. Yeah, yeah, systems. And now, where did that come from, right? And, and yes, and Nintendo Dogs too. Completely left field, so. kind of safey, like general audience games. Now, also, Wii Sports sold the Wii, so and we fit. Yeah, and we fit exactly. Crazy. Like they those are those are the opposite of, as you were saying, are the opposite of Cart and Smash Brothers. And yes, they sold the systems. It's just, I don't think any of us here care about those games. So, like, if we want to talk about like Nintendo's strategy for being successful, like they have a strategy. They're trying to sell Wii Fit again, and they're trying to do Nintendo Land and do general audience games. Yeah, but we just don't care about them, and they're not working this time. But, but right. to me, it's it's almost disingenuous, like the, their approach of like we're, we're making a new 3D Mario game, but they're really not making a new 3D Mario game. This yeah. isn't the Mario game oh, that you wanted. Mario oh, Galaxy well. is a 10. Mario Galaxy, I agree, yeah. is one of the great games of all time. I adore that game. This is, and Mario 64 obviously is this iconic, influential mm -hmm. game. This is not. This is basically a rehash of a Did 3DS you play it? game. It has no, cats. No, well, no, I saw it. I didn't, I, it's completely ow. very much not like the 3DS game, and, and that's what I thought when I saw it as well. But when you actually get your hands on that game, it doesn't feel like the 3DS game. But is it the 3D Mario? It doesn't feel like Galaxy. Is it the 3D like Mario it. that like that when everyone's like, we're getting a 3D Mario? Yeah, everybody's like, that was not. Everybody's disappointed with, with this Mario game, and I think I think the, the problem is that they're shoehorning in. Uh, four, place, four player support, right? And, and it's hard to do that in a 3D game, so they had to like flatten it, make it simple. I don't, I, they, they just want four people to play the game. I, that's such a high, like it's such a pressure on all Nintendo games now to get multiplayer in them. And yeah, because everybody it's been, feels that. It's but. been sold as this, it's a family console, right. you know? Yeah, sure. And have we, we've, the thing is, we've already got a four player Mario in New Super Mario Brothers um, U. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it is disappointing to me that it's not another Galaxy, but I, I've got to say, uh, I think it was unfair of me. To, to judge Mario 3D World just looking at it going, yeah, it looks like 3D land. Because when you do get your hands on it, it feels very different. And the kind of scenarios that, that it had in there, I and mean, it was only a short demo, obviously, but it was different. And I think the dynamic of four players could, I mean, I thought when they put four players into New Super Mario Brothers, I thought, oh, that's just, you know, money for old rope. And then I played it, and it completely transforms the game. So I think there is potential there for it to... Transforms it into an unplayable mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, <laughs> depending well, on who you're playing. I think, I think the no, thing... It's a different game, already. The thing yeah. that shocked me, though, about what Nintendo's approach is what, what Retro is doing and like retro is arguably their best studio right mm -hmm. like they're, they're more, like they made you know the metroid prime games these are these are not massive selling games but they're very popular very fine games the original metroid prime especially is an amazing game um and what when when you when it's i, I could have sworn it's like they're making an open world metroid game maybe they're making an open world zelda game like it's a what Skyrim. we all wanted right yeah it's like no we're making a donkey kong game yeah it's, apparently they can make them fast too because this is the third one in, in two years it's just detached from reality that like that like that's what you use your best talent to make that's like sony saying naughty dog you're gonna you're gonna go back and you know make a platformer now make, make, the, make crash bandicoot 
Yeah, like, like, like Crash or Jack, right? Like, they're a different studio now, right? Like, Retro is a different studio now. This, these guys have a pedigree that is exceptional. Maybe, you know, that the, the Wii Donkey Kong game was kind of a one-off for them to try something different. Mm -hmm. um, but you want, them to, you want these guys to make an iconic AAA game that's going to mm. sell they're consoles. They're making Halo 5. <laughs> I really hope a it's A bunch of people from Retro on. left, and, and they, they worked on, they're working on the Halo franchise. Mm -hmm. And it shows up in Halo 4 a lot. That new Halo game has some very important people that worked on Metroid Prime on it. So I just I just think that's that disappointing, but I think it's also they, awesome. They need to reestablish like what what's important to them. When I think about you know growing up on Nintendo and these 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 great games, you still have to introduce something that that's new and interesting. Not in ideas, but in, in terms of IP that's and it. stories. That's why the GameCube was so great, right? If that, I, it may not have sold so much, but that was probably Nintendo's most creatively fertile period. Well, I, 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 I adore I adore GameCube SNES. and uh, the, the the GameCube's new IPs, things like Pikmin. And uh, Chibi Robo, you know, just random stuff that right. came up. That's the kind of thing Chibi that Robo. I love. Chibi Robo, yeah. it's great. But that's the kind of thing you want from Nintendo um, when you're a Nintendo fan. Like, I mean, of course you want Mario and Zelda, but really, that's for. I would say, like, there's a whole generation of people who are, you know, 10, 15, 20 years younger than us who who haven't played these games before and who are loving them for the first time now, which is great. But what you want from people like us who have already played these games and already love these games, and you know, we'll probably buy them forever. I reckon I'll probably buy Zelda forever. I still want that creative Nintendo. I want to see that, that Nintendo that tries new things now and then. And, and Nintendo's structure has always been set up with the EAD teams to, to uh, foster that kind of creativity. We're just not seeing it quite yet. I think in, Wii, in Nintendo Land's minigames, that's where, where we saw that. And we've not seen it anywhere else yeah, in Wii that, yet. They took a chance on that. So we talked about how there's not really anything coming this year that we think is going to get those consoles off shelves. But one thing they could do this year is a price drop. I think that's essential. It's now what, it's fifty dollars less expensive than a PS4. Right? Yeah. Like, what, what are they going to do? I mean, that's the thing. It's it's just they're in a weird position now. Like, I think 3DS is, is going to be fine. Like, like you know, it, it's picking up a little bit of steam. It's destroying the Vita. Um, but like this 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 console is going to be going up against things that are truly next gen. Because I'm sorry, the Wii U is not a next gen console, and it's no more clear now that we've played PlayStation 4 and Xbox One that this thing is not a next gen. I think console. Nintendo acknowledges that. And well, I think that they... might be why there's not that much coming in 2013. Maybe Nintendo's like, well, everyone's going to be busy with someone else at the end of 2013. Yeah, it, we'll it, just hold off a little bit. It could be, but you, again, you have to fight, and like, and, and this also creates problems in terms of third-party support and stuff. And they, I think they're, that's they're, gone. They're dropping. I mean, even something like Deus Ex is, was announced as like, we're no longer making this. Like, why would you? When no one's going to buy it anyway, they'll buy it on the HD twins, you know. And it's easy to port between these two consoles. And Xbox One and PS4 share very similar. Architecture. So even though they have a surprising amount of exclusives, especially Xbox One, they're really picking up their, their pace here with exclusives. These games can travel between those consoles, and they cannot travel to Wii U. You know? I think this is a bespoke console. If, you, if you're a third-party developer, you want to develop for Wii U, you're looking at making an entire bespoke game for, for that system. I mean, I think the, uh, the third-party Wii U reel in Nintendo Direct was sad. It was, it was, yeah. it was sad viewing. But one, one thing Wii U has going for it, no DRM. You can, you can sell your used games to whoever you want, give them away. It's true. I think that uh, it's strange to me that Nintendo didn't make a bigger deal out of that. Like, I mean, I think what Nintendo did, they came out and what Reggie... Reggie well, they released their system when all the systems had that same, true. same thing going for them. But Re Reggie came out... <laughs> I don't think they anticipated. At the software showcase. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when Reggie came out for like two minutes and just yeah. did a thing, he was just like, oh, you know, it's all about the games, play the games, you know? Who cares about the magic boxes? Which is easy to say when you're in magic boxes and selling. No, I think, yeah, and I think a lot of people care about the magic boxes. Yeah, that's it, the magic boxes are important. And I, I can't tell um, whether Nintendo is completely out of touch with what everybody else is doing. Like genuinely doesn't, just can't, doesn't understand. Or whether it doesn't care. I think it's probably a little bit of both. It's, it's a repositioning yeah. that's intentional, but I think also maybe there's just an element of just not really quite engaging with what I think they're confident they can keep stuff. selling software like if their box fails they can so sell their software they will have so much money forever to do That's that it, yeah. they, they, they're 
a very conservative company. They can they can fail a few systems, and they're not they're not failing the 3DS. It's totally fine. Um, I agree with them to an extent. I don't really care if they're selling boxes or what their box does. Like, all I care about is games. You know, if Nintendo fails, then hopefully they'll put out games on a different system. I'm fine with that. I just want to play their games. I think that would be a long time away, though. Before we go, real yeah. quick, what does Nintendo do next E3? Do they do a Nintendo Direct again? Do they do if they do it again, they need to conference. figure out how people can watch it because this year is an absolute disaster. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't. You, that, you that's watch it when skipping. It was on, yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Nintendo just didn't do E3. I think, well, but the booth was so big and involved this year. They, they love E3. Their own thing. They might do their own their own side event like Space yeah, World. Yeah, so they did Space that back World, in yeah. Yeah. Cool. two thousand. But Space World harkens back to a Nintendo that, like, I, at least in my opinion, I knew and it was I was a more loved. arrogant Nintendo. You know, like a, a Nintendo that was on top. A Nintendo that had new and good ideas. And you even mentioned the GameCube. You know, within the first year of GameCube, we were playing Luigi's Mansion. We were playing Eternal yeah. Darkness. We were playing games that were those different. Are, that yeah, was that a was tough year, one. though. I mean, we look back at it in hindsight is is a little bit rosy. I mean, the GameCube had a terrible launch, and Wait, the PS2 killed it for Wait, six Wait. years, you know? Yeah, but the, 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 the GameCube did have a bad launch and, and a bad you know, first year, but it did have third-party support, lots of it, which, which and... It had which, BMX triple X. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, the GameCube is outselling the Wii U in terms of time spent on market now. So that means the Wii U is in a really bad yeah. shape. I mean, there are, there are charts online that track month by month, like, where the numbers are, and it's... The GameCube is outselling the Wii U. You know? Yeah, I mean, the GameCube did have Prince of Persia, Beautiful Joe, like stuff like that that started coming out. Yeah, but man, Captain we had this Captain same conversation about third parties and the, and the Nintendo. And also, GameCube. yeah, pe- I mean, people have been it saying. It never had good third, third parties. That's support. it. And people have been saying for 15 years now, oh, Nintendo is going to fail and, and just start, you know, start making And then games Just Dance comes out. I mean, like, it's hard for us to predict this stuff. Yeah, yeah it is. But I, I, I still think a competitive Nintendo is good for the industry. And a Nintendo that does something different is very good for the industry. Because you don't want a third company that yeah. does the exact same thing. But they're not being different in a good way. They're being different in a complacent and lazy way. And, you know, the Nintendo that innovated when we were younger is not the Nintendo now. The Nintendo now is just a different, it's really just a different company, in my opinion, that really is detached from reality and detached from what, you know, its older fans want that would stick with it. Give me a reason to buy a Wii U and I'll buy it, you know, but you're not giving me a reason and Smash Brothers is not that reason. I want an innovative new Zelda game. I want a new IP, God forbid. Here's hoping it comes in the next year and next E3. That would be nice. Here's hoping. Thanks a lot, guys. This is definitely one of the most fascinating E3s I've ever covered, if not the most. Uh, But there's still one day left. That means there's one more GameScoop left. We'll be wrapping up the entire show for you tomorrow, so stay tuned. Scoop. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IGN GameScoop. This is the last day of E3 2013 and the final GameScoop coming to you from the show floor. I'm Damon Hatfield. This is Steve Butts, Ryan McCaffrey, and Sam Claiborne. Hey, everyone. Now, IGN's official E3 awards will be coming next week. Is that correct? That's correct. Let's digest first. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we can start talking about it and start talking about who won this year's E3. Steve, maybe we'll start with you. How did did Sony do this year? Uh, I think Sony did a phenomenal job at E3 this year. Everybody has to agree on this. It's, it's an objective uh, a fact. No, no. At a conference. <laughs> Maybe not at the whole E3. Well, no, I think they did a really good job at E3 as well. They had an excellent showing at the conference. They showed a lot of great games from core franchises. They showed some new indie-developed uh, games, yeah. which I thought were really incredible. I played Octodad. That was a lot of fun. Um, they also announced, announced a service plan that I think went right for the things that people were aggrieved with with Microsoft uh, with regard to DRM, loaning games, always online, things like that. 
And their controller, let's face it, is finally a real controller. It's not some ancient torture device. Like, it's a real <laughs> thing that you can hold in your hand and it yeah. feels good. So, I, for me, Sony won. I got to hold the controller. I like it a lot. And I was yeah. not into the PS3 controller at all. So, But Ryan, Microsoft still had a really good conference, right? They did. Uh, and by the way, I found it odd that Sony managed to somehow say it's going to be 60 bucks a year for multiplayer. And no one seemed to notice. <laughs> but, I heard uh, some but it's that way too. with Microsoft right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, that's the thing is, it's no longer free. But yeah, Microsoft had a great conference. They came out and they, you know, that there was no uh, demos with like like in EA. It was just all the demos at the press conference were just <laughs> cheeky banter. <laughs> Whereas Microsoft, they got down to business like game, 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 game. Here we go. And uh, you know, Titanfall is I think my game of the show right now. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple things left to see that are sort of high on the list, but. Titanfall is That's amazing. That's an Xbox One exclusive? And it'll be coming to 360 and PC as well, so okay. let's call it uh, uh, anti-Sony exclusive, okay. I guess, it's, for it's lack the, of a better term, right? It's the one thing that I think Sony <laughs> didn't do for me was say Titanfall is but, also coming to the system. Yeah, yeah uh, Titanfall made me never want to play Call of Duty again. Wow. I mean, it was, and I'm not, no hyperbole is that good. Uh, but and then, yeah, Quantum Break looked fantastic. That one's still a ways out, but it looked great. Do you know, maybe this isn't the time to get into this, but how does it work with the live-action episodic television stuff? So from what I could gather from the behind closed doors demo is it's sort of all lumped together. You'll, you'll play through a part of the game that will then unlock an episode of the show so that you're not like watching all of the show and getting like sort of out of place and out of order with the game. So okay. it is going to be tied together. And I, you know, I asked, well, can, can I watch the show later on, you know, my tablet or iPhone? And they didn't really have answers for that yet, but it's, it's an interesting experiment for sure. Uh, even if the TV show turns out to be garbage, the game itself looks really great. And, and the reality is, I don't think anybody would argue with me, not only has Remedy never made a bad game, they've never not made anything but a great game between the uh, Alan Wake and the Max Paynes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then yeah, Dead Rising 3 I thought was fantastic. I actually ended up, I saw that four times over the course we had it on the live show and the stage demo and I saw it a couple other times and um, it's it's just really fun and there's yeah the, and the, just to be clear that's an xbox one exclusive that is an xbox tablet. one exclusive as well forza 5 is playing great um that's you know that's one that's not going to generate a lot of headlines but it's just a great great car game it's just yeah it was a very very strong uh lineup for xbox one despite mm. the fact that you know the 499 thing didn't look good by the end of the day and yeah. obviously they're still suffering from the whole drm problem which who knows how that's going to end up panning out in the end. But the software lineup was yeah, fantastic. I agree. They, they have a hard PR battle in the yes. months ahead of them. But they, I, I'm impressed by the software lineup. And then, Sam, Nintendo is sort of off doing its own thing like usual. It is. Uh, if, if you want to rank Nintendo on a conference appearance, they didn't have one. So we can't really do that. But they were at E3. And they were at E3 with some really, really cool games. And, and also, you know, I don't, think if you, I don't know if you guys noticed, but nobody even mentioned Nintendo in the... Uh, you know, Ubisoft and... That day zero, Nintendo conference. was not mentioned. Right, like nobody conference. said the words Nintendo. So it doesn't look like a lot's coming to Wii U except for the first party games, but you know what, they brought those to the C3 um, in force. And I gotta say, uh, just in terms of show presence, E3 would not be as cool as it was without their amazing booth. Nintendo had a booth with, you know, I guess their photo ops where you could sit in a Mario Kart or you could sit in a Donkey Kong barrel and then they had like a Wind Waker ship just completely made from That's floor cool. to ceiling. Yeah. You know, and, and everything there, like, the, you think they're gonna pull themselves out of E3, but they worked so hard on E3 and the games were all playable except for Smash Brothers, which is annoying. Mm. But you know, if it comes to 
to a discussion about uh, lineups in the future, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, and Mario is great. I was very skeptical at first. I played five levels today and I had a great time with it. Um, they have an amazing first party lineup. Bayonetta is really cool. So. And Mega Man's back too, right? And Mega Man is in Smash Bros. And yeah. you can play the Wii Fit Lady in uh, Smash Bros. <laughs> as well, which is like total game changer. Way to bury and, the uh, lead. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be uh, clamoring for a Nintendo conference in the future, but I would like them to have a live stream that uh, maybe uh, is playable. That, that works? That we can yeah. actually tune into? That would be nice. Nobody could watch it. It was a just complete yeah. disaster. Well, I will say, talking about the conferences, the hour that excited me most was when EA got up there and talked about the games they were bringing. Mm. Star Wars Battlefront, Titanfall. I thought Ball, you were joking, because I just <laughs> immediately thought of that Madden through FIFA or whatever. I went to sleep a little yeah. bit. I went to sleep yeah. a little bit in the middle of it I when mean, they were talking about the sports Nothing games. made me happier. Now, granted, it, no, no gameplay was shown, but the, the thing that made me happiest this entire week was the Mirror's Edge. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that was really I'm such a fan of the original. I, that ad at foot was pretty great, too. The, the, the Battlefront trailer was <laughs> yeah. great. Battlefront, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Mirror's Edge. And then Ubisoft had another uh, couple big exclusive announcements. Not exclusives, but they announced a couple of games. The Division and uh, The Crew. Right? The Crew, yeah. I played The Crew. It was real good. It's, they, uh, you literally can drive from one end of the country to the other in the game. They said it'll t it takes like three hours. Which country? Uh, Amer North America. Uh, California coast to... <laughs> He tries. Where are you going with that? <laughs> I just am wondering how it's a 90-hour drive. <laughs> but uh, you know, they, said, they said there's over a thousand landmarks in there. The Grand Canyon, if you want to drive off the, into the Grand Canyon, I think it's the country truncated. Uh, yeah, bit. I mean, yeah. it's you know, hey, let's be real. But um, you said literally. I, I did drive. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. I did. I did drive down the Las Vegas Strip, which was fairly accurately rendered oh. as, and yeah, did a did an impromptu race. It's yeah, the crew was really neat. But yes, the division was uh, the the best thing to come out of Ubisoft. Now I think it was one of those things like last year, like, like Watch Dogs was. Like you didn't expect yeah, it, correct. here it is. Holy crap, can this be a real thing? Mm -hmm. Now it's not even a, a real game actually, but did we all get to play the uh, EVR. Oculus Rift EVR demo? Yes. It's amazing. Just came from there. So yeah. good. Uh, I, I, that's the most impressive thing I've seen this year. So it is, so. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most next gen experience totally. I had. You know, I played Killzone, played Knack, like those games, those could, could be on PS3 where they are right now, and they're really pretty yeah. games, but they, and the controller feels the same too. So it's like, am I playing a next gen game? Well, no, but in this game, you put on a headset and you're playing like, you're in Star Wars. It, it's, it's like a it's Eve Star Online, Star. to just yeah. clarify for the audience, but it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, they were specific to say it's a tech demo. It will not be, they have no plans to release it. It was sort of a side project of the guys there because they were really excited about Oculus Rift. And yeah, it's cool. I, I put it on and I looked down and, and there was, I wasn't in my own body. Like I was, it was first person, and you I'm see in legs. this pilot's you body. See legs. Did you guys try to move your legs? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. It's so dumb. Every time I saw I was my doing hands. this. <laughs> so another thing you can do in that is that you, when you uh, aim your face around, you can actually lock on to other ships that by, by missile locking just at by looking at your yeah. oh, and, and so it's cool. moving your neck and your and your eyes and everything. And I've played Oculus Rift games. I've played. Uh, Hawking in it, and that's really cool. You can see the same thing, like behind you is your mech and stuff like that, like the walls of it, and you can see your hands to the side. But it's, this is a different experience. This is a flight combat game, which is in space, and yeah. that's just fun. Yeah, and your, your point of view is actually another controller input, like where you aim your head. Yeah. And it's you could look over and see the wing of your craft. It was like, it was like Wing Commander, fast-forwarded yeah. to, you know, and it wasn't the actual jarring. future. There were a few things that were disorienting to me, though. We were playing, and we were sort of in a line like this, and I would look over, mm -hmm. and I would expect to see the guy next to me. And I thought, oh, wait, no, <laughs> yeah. that, that person exists yeah, in the real world, not in the game. Um, and then the, the, the lack of force feedback, I think, was a little disorienting for some people, right? If it could be tied to, like, a lazy boy that sort of tilts your body a little <laughs> bit as you move your head and your controllers. I, I got I to gotta bring up, too, because this one will probably go under the radar a little bit. 
Um, I'm a huge South Park fan, and yeah. the behind closed doors demo of uh, the South Park RPG called The Stick of Truth. Right. I saw it behind closed doors last year, and it's evolved so much. Like the gameplay systems have actually come so far in that game. It is a full blown Paper Mario yeah. style uh, role playing game now, with just the all the all the show lore and all the characters are. Are, are integrated seamlessly into RPG systems, and it just all feels natural. It looks 100% exactly like the show so, to the point where yeah, if good. someone else walks into the room and doesn't see a controller, they're yeah, going to think that is an episode of the definitely. show. And, and, and you know, Damon interviewed them, and, the, yeah. and uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. You didn't call me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was amazing <laughs> to see them on the they show. They were really cool, show. super nice. Please fun, check guys. that out. It's and they're cool. like, it's not like... Uh, you know, they just signed off on this game. No, like, they, they've been involved. It's been a daily part of their yeah. lives well, for like they four said years. Daily. Yeah. They, they work on it they, every yeah, day. They, yeah, they wrote it. They're working on all the jokes in yeah. video game form and the timing of them. I watched your piece, and obviously, when you see the game, all the it's they're voicing everything. I mean, it is, it is. I, uh, I wrote a big preview for IGN, which I uh, would encourage anybody to look at, and and I called it. You know, the it could possibly inherit the crown of best licensed game of all time. I mean, it's that good. It's funny because we look at sort of all the shooters and we joked on Monday, like, oh, look at all the shooters there are. But it's a good year for RPG fans. It Not is. just with that, but there's The Witcher 3, which looks phenomenal. There's a new Kingdom Hearts that's announced. And, and Elder Scrolls Online, actually. Yeah. I sat down and played for half an hour. I've been pretty uninterested in that up to date because I, I like Elder Scrolls how it is. I like, I like it as a, sing, a massively single-player role-playing exactly. game. Exactly. But uh, they really, the, it visually looks, it seems like it's come a long way. It has the, well, they changed it so now it's first person. Right, they right? added so the, that, and that's and that big. That's a big they're, difference. They're hands. It they're suddenly hands looked big. like Elder Scrolls. I agree one. completely, and uh, and the fact that it's, so if I can get in there and play with four or five other friends, I mean, it, it, that goes a long, right here, long way. Yeah, right here, yeah. Us. yeah, you guys, let's let's Now let's go play so, EVR instead. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so we're just out, we are about to call it a day on E3 2013. We have to tear down our set here. Uh, this has been a really exciting E3. It will be a long time, if ever, that we see an E3 that's this big. Ten again. years. When the, right. if, there, if there are next consoles, right. that's the, unless that's it's just old, all in the cloud the or yeah. television. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. That is uh, about all we have for you from E3 2013. Our E3 awards will be coming next week, so stay tuned for those. For those. And then uh, lots of more coverage of all the games we've seen will be coming very soon on IGN.com. Do we get to tear down the set? Yep, you do. Like a sledgehammer, like a home renovation type of Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.